This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni. He rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. A space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk, and I am here to ease you through the weekend and all the way to Monday night when we play the media darlings that are lucky old Bournemouth. On the agenda this week is the success for the We Are The Homes Now movement, middle of the season friendlies, Wilfred Zaha turning into John Motson, reviewing the win at West Brom, and of course, predicting the Bournemouth match. Like a back post Mamadou Sacco header, Albert is missing this week. So joining me and Sam Hefziv, I can't quite believe it, it's Patrick Van Arnhol. Oh, 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 Patrick O'Connor. Like Eddie Howe with a checkbook in the transfer window, let's turn the page and get started. Is um, Patrick welcome? I've I've had a dig. I've dug you out right away. That's all right. I've got a good left foot as he does somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a long time, mate. Welcome to the show. Appreciate that. But I always enjoy listening to you guys. It's a great show. So thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming off the golf course and getting involved. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> school, mate. Work. School. <laughs> and of course, we have Heskiff with us as well. How are you doing, good sir? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Thanks for having me on. As always, mate, you know that. Um, you, you were you're excited about beer check this week. I am excited about beer check because I'm finally drinking a beer that I actually like, rather than the one that's the cheapest in the supermarket. <laughs> so, funnily enough, I got them from the Sainsbury's at Sellers Park, which oh. is a bit weird because I can't find them anywhere else. But I'm having a bottle of Dos Equis. Oh, Mexican beer. Mexican, so. Keeping the household uh, happy. My, <laughs> my wife's Mexican, in case people didn't know. Yeah. Very popular over here, by the way. So. Yeah, that's that's all I drink when I'm over there. Um, exactly. I'm not belligerent, but, you know. <laughs> um, can't find it anywhere. Found it in the Sainsbury's at Sellers Park. So, what a day. Um, obviously, please drink responsibly, people. Um, <laughs> I am... Eyes bigger than my belly. Um, I've still, I'm still on magic rock stuff. I bought far too many cans back from Huddersfield a couple of weeks ago, so I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the high wire grapefruit pale ale. I'm probably going to get a bunch of abuse for that, but not as much abuse as you were getting in my car journey back from West Brom the other night, Heskiff. Um, what? Long-term listener of the pod, Ben Long, was um, saying, "Who's the bloke who's always drinking Cronenberg on the pod?" <laughs> <laughs> In as much as I'm drinking this Mexican stuff for my wife, half my family's French, so I've got a rep, Cronenberg, and be advised, I don't buy the cans with Cantona in them. <laughs> well, that was one thing that he did bring up. <laughs> so as long as it's not the Cantona cans, maybe he'll let you off. Of course, of course. <laughs> right, so we'll start this week with the obvious, um, the agreement that has been reached with the We Are The Homesdale movement, Homesdale fanatics, etc., 
Um, the club released a statement. I don't know who writes the club statements, but I feel like there's room for improvement. How would you how would you mark this statement, Patrick, on if, if it is a school paper? Uh, about seven and a half, really, out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Especially the, the last part, I guess, a one out of ten, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, don't call the office. <laughs> I'm going to read through the statement now for those of you that haven't had the chance to read it. It was on the official club website and said... Much has been said and written in recent weeks, I I take no responsibility for either saying or writing things, (laughs) about the prospects of an enhanced and expanded singing section in the Lower Homestyle stand to further build upon the reputation that our fans inside Sellers Park have created as one of, if not, the best atmospheres in the Premier League. Recognising this will cause some initial disruption, but weighing up all the views and opinions, there appears to be overwhelming support for the supporter base for this to become a reality. We are therefore committed to facilitating a larger and dedicated singing section next season, where our most vocal fans will thrive and act as a catalyst to make the Homesdale stand into an even greater wall of noise and supportive force behind the team. It is unavoidable that this will result in some of our most valued, long-standing season ticket holders being displaced. We have worked hard to keep this to a relatively small amount, and we will, of course, work hard to make the best alternatives available to them. And here's the part you touched on, Patrick. Please do not call the box office at this time. (laughs) We will be contacting all supporters within the next few weeks who will be directly affected and discussing them with this with them individually. Uh, You expecting a phone call, Heskiff? Well, yeah. Well, I'm actually interested to see if I do. Um, Like I said last week, I'm in Block D, but obviously, you know, right right next to where is um, proposed to be affected, Block E. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. Mm. Um, I won't ring the office. I can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. Um, Patrick, do you think it's common sense has prevailed in terms of the wider picture? It probably had to be done. Yeah, it has to happen. I mean, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a long way away, but matches I've been to, I was at Wembley for the final and the semi-final against Watford. And Watford was perfect because they set up that way to have a sitting section. So it's it has to happen. And, and I've, I've noticed, you know, only watching a game on TV, there's a noticeable huge drop-off in the coverage, the way they cover the matches, and the sound just doesn't sound right. You can just tell that then the HF isn't active in the stadium and no one's been picked up the slack. So it's a long time coming. I'm hoping it's something can be done for this year, but I'll take next season because it just has to happen. Yeah, on my match report for on Red and Blue Army, I um, gave it the lowest atmosphere I've ever given against Newcastle. And um, that's, wow. that's counting in games, but going back to 2010, which... Um, playing 8,000 in front of Barnsley and, <laughs> and I'm wearing a cheerleader skirt dancing around the pitch. So. <laughs> that was when there was a chorus of boos, I think, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but at least there was some atmosphere. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, so, um, but yeah, I think, yeah, it's, as I said, I think common sense has prevailed. Um, of course, for, it, it becomes a huger problem, a bigger problem in the eyes if you're one of the people effective and you're not really up for moving. And hopefully, as the club has said, that they can work towards making sure it's a little as disruption as possible. And um, obviously, I feel for those people. But I think in terms of the bigger picture, uh, we all want the atmosphere to be back as it was at Sellers Park. And um, I think from the middle, it will expand out and get the desired impact that the Homesdale Fanatics have talked about. So, um, yeah, um, hopefully a place there will be an atmosphere is on Thursday, the 11th of October down at, well, not at Dulwich Hamlet, at their temporary home at the moment at Tooting and Mitcham. Uh, Palace obviously was supposed to play a pre-season friendly for Dulwich Hamlet, against Dulwich Hamlet, but for various reasons that didn't happen, I won't go into. Um, but we've, we've honoured our agreement to play them. It's just obviously a bit later and it's going to be a fundraising day down there and obviously uh, Dulwich Hamlet displays from their home. Um, it's it's very very messy. So tickets are ten pounds. Um, they're on all the club socials and on Dulwich Hamlet socials. So make sure you get yourselves down there and um, <clears throat> you know donate some money, buy a couple of beers, buy some food and stuff because they're losing out on a lot of money and it's at a time where they're you know really making an actual push for the um, football league for the first time and it'll be really really nice to have them in there. Another local team up there. Um, especially for those uh, League Cup tyres when um, <laughs> they're supposed to be regional when you end up playing Swansea. <laughs> uh, right, let's go social media. Uh, Heskiff, 
what was your pick this week? My pick this week is um, probably quite an obvious one, but it comes from the uh, the West Brom game. Uh, and it is our everyone's favourite new commentator, Wilf Zaha. On his uh, Instagram, he was um, doing commentary for Andros's goal, the replays of Andros's goal, the second one, where... Uh, you know, he he sort of did a little dummy and made the centre half look a bit silly, which Wilf referred to as sending him for a hot dog. <laughs> um, sent him for a hot dog, didn't he? Um, and uh, not only was was that uh, bit of commentary quite funny, but then he uh, did a, he interviewed himself <laughs> about why he was doing the commentary. Um, so it was it was a bit meta. I don't know if he meant it to be, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and also like on a on a sort of little bit more serious note but it's nice to see him watching the game even when he's not playing um you know i i think it's it's it shows good you know it shows good team spirit it shows that he cares how the rest of the squad are doing uh he cares about how palace are doing so um yeah it was it was funny and it was it was quite nice all round. so that's certainly my pick this week. I actually saw Hopkin looking to curl one on Twitter, having an argument with a Brighton fan who was saying, "Well, if he cared that much, wouldn't he be? Wouldn't he be <laughs> to the game?" And I was like, uh, <laughs> "If your manager tells you uh, you stay at home and you rest because you know you're you picked up a slight knock in the Newcastle prior to the Newcastle game, um, <laughs> you stay at home, isn't that right, Patrick?" Absolutely. And why are they all over our socials lately? They complained about the HF thing too, about the singing section. They've got nothing to worry about but their own team. And now they're worrying about us too. I mean, it's unbelievable. They're all over us lately, which is, shows they still care, I guess, right? Yeah, there was my mentions are full of them today. Someone suggesting that uh, every time you sign a petition, it signs two Double. names. Or something like that. <laughs> exactly. does, that, does that mean you signed the petition? I, oh, don't, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because they're all so used to supporting two teams, aren't they? So they exactly. sign it for their one team and then sign it again as a supporter of the second team. So Yeah, well, Hopkins looking to Carl one also pointed out um, one of the guys who was giving him loads of abuse, he just, without too much searching for his Twitter profile, found a picture of the guy in an Everton shirt. <laughs> so enough like, said. Enough said, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but... Um, the West Brom game also brought my favourite part of social media of the week, which I say my favourite part, my second favourite part, because something about Wilf interviewing himself with an emoji mic is, um, <laughs> is fantastic. But obviously Troy Townsend picked up on a West Brom's video blog of the game and um, it's the moment of the first goal and it's just, it's just there, just misery, just like expecting the worst of like Townsend breaking away and he's watched watch the overlap as... Don't get me started on why Surlot is overlapping. <laughs> <on me. laughs> um, as I was saying to it, I was screaming at the point still when Townsend bent into the top corner. Um, why are you overlapping? <laughs> get into the penalty spot. Because um, I, I remember all of those times that Glenn Murray overlapped one of our wingers to try and... Um, yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't remember it either. <laughs> um, and then the guy just on the video just watches it fly into the top corner and just says something along the lines of, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like the uh, Brighton FFS Murray moment, isn't it? Yeah, ex- exactly. Except from you more understand why a West Brom fan is filming that and uploading it to the internet because this is vlog. <laughs> why was that Brighton fan <laughs> uploading those goals? I mean, fair play to the lad because, you know, they're iconic for us. But Absolutely. Yeah. Right, we'll finish that there. When we come back, we are going to be talking about our 3-0 victory up at West Brom. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, the one thing to come out this game which surprised me the most was Andros Townsend's first ever brace, Patrick. Can you believe that? I was shocked. I mean, I've made comments... Uh on the other show, just on social media, about how he's got to score more goals. And one of the things that surprised me is that he's travelled around to so many clubs on loan. He's at Tottenham that, you know, I think he scored, but he, he just he, he just doesn't score a lot of goals in the first ever brace. No wonder he looks so disappointed when he came off the field by looking for a hat-trick. I mean, but you're right. I mean, the first ever, I was I was absolutely shocked to hear that. Yeah, it was, um, you'd expect him to at least grab the one at some point. Um, exactly. Especially in that run of games he had at Newcastle when he did really well there. Um, scoring against us on a free kick yeah an absolute banger in the top <laughs> corner um, yeah. but yeah I mean he, he talks about it after the game to Chris Grierson obviously saying you know I want to score more goals I want to be more consistent 
it's funny because Grierson said to him, "You, um, if you can make an Andros Townsend robot and program it to score an Andros Townsend goal, <laughs> that would be it. But in, in reality, it's not really. It's what he does. He cuts inside, gets on his left and curls it. But he has, he's been getting a lot closer this season. He obviously hit the crossbar against Liverpool very close there. But um, yeah, I mean, if he can do that once every three or four games, then obviously... Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be of huge value to us. Um and the second goal, Heskiff, what did you make of that one? The hot dog goal. The hot dog goal. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I sort of when when I was watching it live when you see the, the centre back slip on his ass, I said something along the lines of hot dog, but it <laughs> it, it was a bit sort of unrepeatable on the show. you made him look a bit of a <laughs> Yeah insert word here. <laughs> Um, oh, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, it's a sort of goal you don't really see Palace score, to be honest. So when we, when he sort of sends a guy flying off uh, but with his dummy, mm. um, <laughs> I'm just thinking, well, it'll, it'll probably like fall over now or something. But to do that and then like smack it in far post, brilliant. I'm just, I'm like, good for him. I, Andros obviously loves playing at, at the Hawthorns because obviously he scored that, Yes, you know, Hundred yard goal dash um, a couple of years ago, so um, maybe the secret to Andrew scoring more goals is we just do a Tottenham and play at another ground all the time. <laughs> Move out home games to the Hawthorns. Um, obviously, that uh, goal that he's referring to there, um, we watched that goal together, didn't we, Patrick? You know what? At the football factory, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well played. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. that was um, one of. I've missed. A very small handful of games across like a ten year period, and I missed exactly. I missed that goal, and I missed uh, Wilfs at Hull, which are like two of the best goals we've scored oh in recent years. Yeah, absolutely, wow, yeah. So, um, but no, it's... I missed out. I missed that one as well. The Hull one because I was getting married. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's good excuse. Good excuse. Yeah, yeah, I know. I wasn't getting married to Wilf, which is. You know, <laughs> I think I was at my wife's uh, sister's wedding at that point. I love my wife. I obviously would have preferred to have been there than watching. <sighs> Actually, funnily enough, when we, um, we 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 got married and then we we had the the sort of party um, at a pub in Ballam, Actually, the Bedford, and uh, I walked in there and our our mate. Um, Terence, your mate as well. Dan Cooper was there with his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I walked straight up to the bar. First thing he said was, "Have you seen Will's goal? <laughs> no Getting his phone out, <laughs> got a sharp dig in the ribs from his wife Claire." And he went, "I mean, congratulations! congratulations. <laughs> Have you seen Will's goal?" <laughs> so not not going to forget that. Not going to forget that. He, he definitely did that in the right order. It is correct. <laughs> um, uh, someone who was unlucky not to get on the score sheet on the night uh, was Max Meyer. Um, had a cutback from Patrick Van Arnholt that um, his shot ended up getting cleared off the line. Um, first real uh, full 90 minutes for Meyer against some decent opposition. How did you think he did, Patrick? Love what he did. Um, I just see when he's in the game, he, he gives the ball, gets it back, gives it, moves into space, gives it again, opens uh, his body up, looks at pockets of space. This is so much that he does that is so positive. I really, really love what he does as a player. And I know, you know, we spent a lot of social media about the hashtag start Meyer, but he's got to start soon. I get, like you said, he's got his first nightmares on his belt. He just wants to play. He wants to score. You saw it. I don't know if you saw it. I, I read him into body language. And every time that he didn't get a pass that could have created a goal, he, he you know, was one play when I think Van Aert first half shot and then he could have crossed the ball and then there was one. Actually, the, the Townsend goal, Townsend could have squared the ball to Maya because Maya was wide open in the middle. But yeah. he wants to play, you can tell. He's really he's anxious to play. And I think that if you watch him play along with punch, that's how we've got to play the we've got to play the ball like that. Play it quicker, play it faster. I love everything about that player right now. Yeah, I I just love his energy, the way he's always looking forward. Even his backward passes are with um yep. and to open a space so he can get forward. Um and I can't remember, it, obviously watching from the stand, sometimes you miss things, but I don't remember him picking the wrong pass. His attempts was always the pass that, in an ideal world, this is the pass he looks for, and every time he did it. And um, I was surprised to hear that on the FYP Extra pod, they was, um, James Scowcroft and Adam Sells were suggesting that he, uh, they're still the jury's still out on him, but I mean... I'm amazed to hear that because from the from the stands he looked absolutely incredible to me and um, everyone who was around me as well. 
Based on what though? Because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm sure Sam would agree. He's, he's, he's younger by, but ten years younger. Well, I that's, mean, that's what I said as well. That's what I see in him. I don't see what he had to do. He communicates well. Like you just said, he moves the ball well. So I don't really see what he's got to do. The only thing I see is that where's you know who do you who do you take out? That part I understand. But besides that, he's got he's got to play. He just has to play. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, I can't afford two pound thirty five a month to listen to the extra pod. So I'm <laughs> just, either, by the way. That's double in America, by the way. So I can't afford it. <laughs> it's not, not double in America anymore, mate. The pounds. No, thanks to Mr. Trump. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well. Um. So the pound has certainly um lost some stock against the dollar in recent years. I've, I've heard. Yeah. But um. Jason Punch's stock might be climbing back up a bit. Um, Heskiff, uh, we were just talking there about how Max Meyer and Punch and linked really well, always looking forward. Um, what, did, what did you make of the former captain? Yeah, I thought he was really good, actually. Surprisingly so. Um, he's, he's a player that really this season, I've just thought, you know, when there was talk of him going out before the deadline, I thought that's fine. You know, I think he's he's done great things for us in the first few years as a Palace player, but don't really expect him to do much else. Um, and, you know, the game, League Cup game at West Brom, I just thought, you know, whatever. If he's all right, then great, but don't expect anything. But, yeah, actually, I thought he was really good. I thought he was one of our better players. Um, picked his passes really well. Like you say, worked with worked well with Meyer alongside him and, Got the ball, got the ball moving more than I would expect him to as well. Actually, so um, pleasantly surprised by it. Still not not sure how much he's going to get in for the league, but it's certainly nice to have a an option of punching of sort of two or three years ago, um, trying to force his way into the squad. Yeah, yeah, and I'm and I'm the same way. I'm yeah, I'm a huge punching fan. I expect him to start anytime soon, but as the manager said, it gives him a selection headache and. It's good to know that Punch is, you know, getting back to, you know, the form that, you know, you just said, Sam, how he basically kept us up two, three seasons in a row. And as uh, as uh, you had mentioned uh, in your uh, blog there, Terence, about his change of position under Pardew, I think that's a big a big thing for him, going out wide to going inside. And he had a little stretch where he was brilliant. And I think get back to that form that he showed when he was really you know, when the, you know, the Man United game, the Man City match, Liverpool match. If we can get back to that in any way, we just know that we have a player there who can step in if we need him. Yeah, exactly. It's a very good point. Get it? Point? He's he's always... <laughs> they never work when you have to explain them. Um, Vicente? Vicente Guaifa. Guaita. He... Um, didn't have much to do in terms of saving the ball. Made one excellent save. But... Um, his presence behind Kelly and Ward, especially when Ward had to move over for the very unfortunate Riedervold, who finally gets a chance to start a game and uh, gets carried, well, limps off early in the first half. Um, he he looks brilliant behind them, gave them assurance. Um, and for Chente Guaita's feet, Heskiff, it, he's just so much better on the ball than Hennessy, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't at the game. I was watching it on TV. So, you know, I didn't see as much of him as a, you. A, a, a legal um, stream? Uh, yeah. <laughs> legal in some country, anyway. <laughs> um, but no, but like you say, when he had when he had the ball, whether it was at his feet or whether he was catching it, you know, he was very alert. He knew where his options were. His passing out looked good. Um, he didn't seem flustered at all. Um, so... Again, he, he he's given Roy something to think about. Um, you know, I don't think Hennessy really deserves dropping. We've had this conversation a couple of times, but all, all Guaita can do is, you know, look assured and keep clean sheets, and he's done that, you know, in both games. So um, I think long-term, he's he's the guy for us. Having what? When he gets that chance, but I don't know, but he, he certainly isn't doing himself any harm at all at the moment. When we signed him, um, I watched him as much as I could whenever he was on the TV at Getafe. And it was also very apparent in the Swansea game that he likes to punch the ball. Um, what I did notice in that game, Patrick, against West Brom, was there was a very clear change in that uh, method and he was catching the ball every time. 
Yeah, um, you know, he's got, and if you know, I'm sure you have, but he's got those special gloves, the ones that, you know, more for punching and catching. But I agree with you, and, and that's what people have criticised him about, was that, oh, he's going to come out and punch every ball. But what you want a goalie to do is command the box, whether it's punching or catching it. So um, I'm very comfortable with the fact that Hennessy is a keeper now, but I would really, really love at some point to see Guaita, because as you, you just, you guys both just said, the feet are excellent, and the Premier League, you know, you need keepers, Allison, Edison, all those guys are good with their feet and you want a person that can communicate and I think that that's probably an issue now is the Spanish issue but watching him behind uh, Kelly and Ward and Kelly and Riedewald you can tell that you know the communication has actually gotten much much better it's a lot of pointing you know certain English words I can you can actually hear over the TV you see it's, it's coming so I think it's a only amount of time before he does start but again it wouldn't be fair to drop Hennessy at this point but at some point I'd love to see him back there yeah, it's definitely right. I mean, um, and obviously that coming from you, Patrick, as well, who has been the, one of the very big critics in the past. Tell me about Tennessee. it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there's absolutely no doubt he's improved markedly under since then Kylie's come in. Uh, Kylie's been fantastic. Yeah, and... Um, uh, but you, um, Heskiff's outrageous prediction at the beginning of the season was that Hennessy would keep more clean sheets than Guay. So he's, he's caught him up there. I think that's 3-2 now, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well played, Sam. He's still winning. He's still winning. I'm, uh, Good point. Uh, I'm, I'm claiming it until the, until he can't. Uh, what I was saying is uh, that there's an opportunity that Guaita would never concede a goal for Palace before he leaves the club. <laughs> we'll, we'll draw like Burton at home in the next round of the League Cup. He'll keep a clean sheet there. <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, talking the next round, anyone you fancy has skiff? Any new grounds for you? I mean, Burton would be a new ground for me. Yeah, Burton would be great. Um I think we'll probably get Man City. Oh, oh yeah. Man City away written all but, over. Um, actually, you know, I've never been to Nottingham Forest away, so I wouldn't mind. Oh, that. right, okay. Well, yeah, I would like basically anyone at home or Burton away. Um, well, I say anyone at home, not prob- probably not Man City or not Man City. Or, or Chelsea, Eden Hazard. Yeah, not, not <laughs> exactly. <him. laughs> we'll deal with that later in the season. Uh, we'll finish that there, and when we come back, no away fan this week, unfortunately, because I basically could only find one Bournemouth blog, and he was um, away on business. So it'll be us just previewing the Bournemouth game. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, I think the only place to start this week is Bournemouth's result at, <laughs> at Burnley last time out. Um, I don't know about you, Heskiff, but on my Super 6, I certainly didn't have 4-0 to Burnley. Yeah, that was uh, a bit of a shocker. But this is me being positive and it's going to bite me. <laughs> wow. But Burnley can't score goals, right? And they scored four goals. In the league, we can't really score that many goals. Wow. So we might score one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was a bit of a shocking result for them, actually. Um, I, I didn't expect it at all. I, but to be honest with Burnley, if they're at home, I just expect them to grind out one nils all the time. But 
four nils in absolute pace then, isn't it? So um, it's one of those where the, the, the optimists will say it's a great time for us to play in because they just got beat four nil. And then the Dave Perrys and Sam Heskiffs of this world will be like, well, it's the worst time to play them because they've just been beaten 4-0. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which which Bournemouth sort of come out and face us. But um, definitely would I'd be gutted if Palace lost 4-0 to Burnley. <laughs> yeah, I certainly would. Um, I was gutted enough when we lost their 1-0 under Frank De Boer last season. So... Wait, that was still only last season, blimey. It feels, feels like an it feels like an age ago. Lost one 0 in the pouring rain, and we missed Scott Dad missed the absolute sitter right at the end after we'd peppered their goal. But um, yeah, I was watching the game of well, as much of the game the highlights on match of the day, and uh, we all know with them editing the Wilfred Zaha incident to be in a different order to what it actually occurred. You don't know how much you can trust on match of the day now. Um, <clears throat> They they had a lot of chances, Bournemouth, and they really, really could have got back into that game. And then they just got basically suckered punch a few times on the break. Um, so I don't think the result is quite as... It, it looks worse on paper than it actually was in reality. And um, on a different day, it could have easily have been a, a, a even a win for Bournemouth if they would have just scored earlier in the game. So um, they definitely look very good going forward, very organised. There's a lot of fluid movement there. They, Ryan Fraser's looking great. King's looking great. So I certainly think we've got our fair share to keep the defenders' hands full on the weekend. So, oh, well, Monday, as it is. God, it's so far away. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Patrick, did it did it surprise you, that 4-0, as much as it surprised us? You know, I'm looking at the stats right now from the match. Ball, ball possession, ball possession, 63% to 37% for Burnley. They outshot them 19 to 12, and they doubled their accurate passes, 500 to 243. So it, it really was a smashing grab by Burnley, if you could say such a thing at home. But yeah, I, w- I was quite shocked. I mean, Burnley's been, uh, Burnley's been off to a terrible start. I think Europe's really hurt them, and Bournemouth is off to a decent start. Um, so yeah, I was quite surprised. And you know, their style of play is a little, is a little odd, because now Bournemouth is into this hole. They got, you just mentioned Frazier. They're very, very quick on the counter. They, they play very, very fast and they get behind you very quickly. So I'm kind of surprised they were able to, I'm surprised they couldn't do that against Burnley. But like you just like you said, the stats kind of lied in this case. It really is weird that they'd lost by that much. You're right. I think if Bournemouth had scored earlier, they definitely would have not have lost 4 0. But it's interesting. Heskiff, do you think Bournemouth losing 4-0, getting such a pace in, is, could end up playing into our hands a little bit in the sense that, um, you know, they're going to have to be on the front foot to sort of get over that result. And especially being at home in front of their home crowd, they could leave quite a bit of space in behind for us. Well, I definitely think they're going to be attacking. Um, like you said, they've got a lot, of, a lot of fluid movement, a lot of pace. <clears throat> and, you know, I th- under how they tend, they do tend to to push forward quite a bit. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely their attacking players that you think of rather than defensive end of, of the pitch. So, yeah, I mean, I think regardless of the result, I'd expect them to do that. But but certainly they're going to want to prove a point after losing 4-0. They want to get back on track and, and really get at us. And, uh, you know, it's up to us to try and pick them off. You know, like you said, Bur- Burnley were able to do it because, um, you know, Looking at those stats, you say Burnley were probably playing as an away team in in effect um, with less of the ball and less chances. So, you know, we've done it before, um, and we're, we're we're certainly capable of doing it. I don't think it's going to be an easy game by any means, um, but you know, I, I think our, our defense is looking all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we uh, what have we got? Three clean sheets in a row now, <laughs> so that's quite good. It's a bit weird. <laughs> but it's quite good. Um, so, you know, I don't think we should be intimidated by their attacking players as, as good as they are and as good form as they're in. Um, it's going to be tough, but I think that they, they've got other stuff. You know, we're going to give them things to think about as well, aren't we? So, yes. you know, they'll probably say, well, Townsend looks like he's in good form and Zahar's going to come back in and maybe Max Meyer will play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, it, yeah, I do, I do think it'll be a tough game, but... You know, we we sort of play to pick these sort of attacking teams off a bit still. Um, so I think that's probably going to be our game plan anyway. Yeah, I think it's good. It's, we're trying to add the second bow to our string of being able to break teams down a la Newcastle last week who just basically 
showed no real desire to win the game. Um, <clears throat> and I think we've certainly been getting better at that under Roy Hodgson. I mean, just look back to last season, the way we picked apart like West Brom or Leicester towards the back end of the season, things like that. So we're definitely adding it. But obviously our bread and butter in the past has been picking teams off on the break. And yeah, I think there'll be a lot of a lot of space in behind Bournemouth, just, just like there was last season. Um, I think about the time when it took one pass to Zaha and then Zaha centred it and Patrick van Arnholt had the freedom of, um, the, what's it called? The Vitality Stadium. He had the freedom of it down the middle and um, just ended up shooting at Begovic instead of scoring. But, you know, there's plenty of space in behind. And obviously one person who could use their pace to exploit that sort of space is Jordan Ayew. Patrick, how, how do you think he did against Newcastle? Looking back, obviously, he missed a couple of chances late on against West Brom, which he was kicking himself. You could see that he really was furious that he didn't get on the score sheet. But you've been pleased with these performances? Uh, or, do you, or do you think that lot might get a sniff, especially after a decent performance against West Brom? Um, I like what Ayew's done, you know, barring the lack of goals. I mean, he puts himself about he works very hard. His finishing definitely, I mean, I think before he came here, you know, I mean, he wasn't even goal scorer, I believe, for the last two teams he played on, definitely for Swansea last season. So he can score. I just think he needs that goal. And you're right about Monday, uh, about Tuesday's match. You could tell he wanted to score really badly, and uh, but he couldn't. But I, 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 I'd heard rumours that we might possibly not play with an uh, out-and-out strike and go with perhaps... Uh, Townsend and Zaha. I wouldn't want to see Sola in lieu of Ayu. If we're going to go with the same lineup, I'd have no problem. I don't think Sola's ready for this type of a match. I mean, again, you you, you know, we talked about the um the 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 the, the, the League Cup match, and I thought the, the the pass that he made to Townsend was great. The overlap didn't make a lot of sense, and he seems to have a lack of a sense to me as a striker to like where to be at the right place. And I think that's like an innate thing. Glenn Murray had it. Glenn Murray always knew where to be for the crosses. If you look a lot of crosses, look at last week, for instance, Newcastle, there was a cross late on, and I didn't see a striker in the box. It was it was MacArthur. Ron MacArthur just missed. I think it was a Zaha shot cross. But where was the striker? I mean, so to me, it's like he seems to lack that, whether it's lack of experience playing the Premier League or just in general. So if, if we were going to play with a forward Monday, a striker, sorry, I definitely would rather see Ayu start over Solot. And I've, I've got a funny feeling if, it, if he drops Ayu, it would be for more of a get Meyer in there instead of um, uh, uh, Solot. Yeah, I, I feel a bit sorry for Solot in that sense that he's he's at that stage in his career where he needs to play to get development. And and he's obviously really going to be enthusiastic and he wants to do well. And it kind of adds pressure to you on the few minutes that you do get that, you know, I have to prove myself in this time. This is absolutely the time I have to prove myself because I don't know the next, when the next chance is going to come along. Um, and I think back to, it's kind of how I feel about how Mitrovic's career ended up at Newcastle, really. He, just, he, he never really got given the chance. And um, I mean, I'm not saying Serlot is as good as Mitrovic. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that Mitrovic kind of just fell off a bit because he was so over the top in trying to impress that he ended up getting himself sent off all the time and uh, becoming a bit of a liability to the team. Whereas um, it's a, a similar sort of situation for Serlot that he's got he's got to try and impress in that time. And I thought he did really, really good on Tuesday night, Serlot. He put, um, held the play up well quite a few times. He's positioning, as you touched on, not fantastic, like overlapping Townsend, for example. But um, yeah, I wonder if like, uh, it's a shame Connor Wickham and Benteke aren't fit so we could get him out and get him some loan time and whether that's in the championship, which would probably do him a lot of good to just to get up to speed with the English game and understand what's expected of him. But um, he's still very, very young. Um, we've not dropped 10 million on him uh, to just let him go at any point. I'm sure we're going to give him time and try and develop him. So it'll be interesting to see. But I, th- I think, yeah, you're right. The only way that we're going to see Ayu come out of the team is probably if it's to switch back to a sort of four four two and uh, play Zaha and... Um, Townsend as false nines once again, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Another player I've been impressed with, miserly impressed, is Kiate. Now, West Ham have dropped another bollock here. <laughs> they sold us Tompkins for 10 million or whatever it was, and now they've sold us Kiate for next to nothing as well. Um, you've been next year and Naldovich, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I don't think that one will happen. Uh, Heskiff, what, what are you thought of Kiate? Yeah, been impressed. Been impressed. Um, I thought he looked good. Against Huddersfield, he, he got a bit tired, I suppose, towards the end, but that's you know understandable. Um, but he's 
you know, he, he looks like he's going to be quite hard to shrug off the ball. Um, his legs are about 10 foot long, so two strides and he's sort of, you know, overtaking the opposition. Um, and I think when you've got, <clears throat> if you've got someone like Maya, who's nipping about quite short, you know, runs with the ball, gets stuck in, you know, having someone behind him like Kiate is, I think, is going to be a big help. Um, I personally see those two definitely being long-term, being in the team as regular, you know, starting players. Um, but everything that Kiate did on Tuesday um, was good. And he, he seems to sort of do it quite effortlessly, which is good. You know, he, he doesn't, he just sort of appears, nips the ball, goes off with it, pops up right, you know, in the right place at the right time. And um, I, I might have mentioned it on the pod early days, but um, I spoke to my West Ham mate when we bought him. And he said, yes, similar to, to what you said there, Terence, about about Tompkins. Um, you know, he said, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't brilliant last year, but that's probably the David Moyes effect. And if he plays for you as he did in the first season and a half or whatever he did, whatever it was at West Ham, he said, you've got an absolute bargain because he's, he's great. Um, and I think that's, a, he's only going to improve with time, you know, as much as the younger players need game time to sort of get up to speed and get used to the game, you know, even experienced players need a few games to sort of really get into gear. Um, and, if if the last couple of performances are anything to go by, I think he's going to be a hell of a player for us. Yeah, you're certainly right. Um, I, I think he's made his place in the team his own now. I can't I can't see him coming out of that team for anyone. So um, fair play to him, and as you say, hopefully we can just see much just more better things from him in the future. And I think he can become a very very dominant midfielder for us. And if you've got the likes of um, Maya and Milivojevic around him is as tenacious as Maya is and as hard as uh, Milivojevic is. It's, it's going to be a very daunting midfield to come up against later in the season, especially without even mentioning that you've got MacArthur buzzing around all over the place as well. So um, I think we're in I think we're in good shape at the moment and um, hopefully that will do well for us on Monday night at Bournemouth. After this, we're going to be back and we're going to be listening to a whole host of predictions. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Okay, so last week you have you got the you got the result right, Heskiff. 1-1, I believe you said. Uh, yes, I think I did. Yes, so um, you were right along with 15% of uh, the people in our poll. I was wrong. I went one nil to us. So, um, we, I bet you saw that one nil gleaming like it's made out of diamonds when Sacco was going for that header, didn't you, mate? Absolutely. I just because it, it was down the White Horse Lane, and I mean that's partly the problem. Like it should be made illegal to be kicking towards the White Horse Lane end in the second half. That that shouldn't be allowed to happen. That should be a home advantage thing. You know, you're at home you choose which way you want to kick. None of this nonsense, losing the toss and kick the other way. But um, I just did not realise how bad it was from the other end. I didn't realise that I, from the other end, it looked like the goalkeeper might have obscured his vision a bit and sort of put him off. But when you actually see it back on the video, you're like, oh, oh no, the goalie's a, a good like 10 <laughs> yards. Yeah, Exactly the same. I mean, we don't sit too far apart. Um, but yeah, at the time, because the goalie sort of star jumps when the ball's coming over, I thought, oh, we must have put him off. You know, either put him off his vision or or got, a, you know, a tiny thing, you know, part in it or whatever. Yeah. But then when we were in, we were in Glaciers having a drink after the game and someone had it on their, on their Twitter and there, there was just a communal groan. We were like, oh, <laughs> it was just really, really bad. I mean, his reaction sort of said it all really. Um, he was he was guided with himself, but I mean, really should have scored, didn't he? Soldier down, soldier down. But a lot of people who sit over the other side of Homestyle to us thought it hit the post. It was on social media, everyone saying, "Oh, Sacco's effort to hit the post was unlucky." I'm like, hit the post? Well, like, what game were you watching? Um, right, but let's let's not dwell on that. He's been excellent so far this season, Sacco, and um, we can forgive him one little blip like that. Um, right, the poll result this week. Uh, the op- the options were Cherry Nice for a victory, Cherry Decent for a draw, 
and Cherry Springer <laughs> for us. 54% of people have gone for victory, 31% of a draw, and 15% think that we're going to need... Um, what, what did he used to do at the end of his show, Jerry Springer? Take care of yourselves and each other. And, and each other, but it, it was... It was the last section. He it was like an evaluation of the whole. Oh, like Jer- Jerry's thought or something. Yeah, like that, something like that. Yeah. Well, apparently, fifteen percent of people think we're going to need that at the end of the game. Right. Let me have a look on Twitter here. What I've got for. Um, to be fair, I think if if Pards were still manager, you could probably have a Jerry Springer episode based on his personal life yep. alone, couldn't you? <laughs> probably not the same of Roy. A bit, a bit more of a boring episode that one. Yeah, well, that sort, those sort of stories hit the newspapers in America, didn't they, yeah, we Patrick? We talked about that, didn't we? Yeah, he's a little playboy, <laughs> wasn't he, Mr. Pardew? Yeah, it's it's funny how like these res- not restraining orders, what are they called? Um, uh, when the the court rules that they we can't actually release it in the press, they get protected against it. An but, injunction. An injunction, but it only works in this country, and people don't realise that the world is connected by everyone's fingertips. So it hits the newspapers in America, and everyone just like, uh, <laughs> we've all seen the back page of their newspaper. <laughs> but um, anyway, so again, we digress. Uh, the prediction: so Davy Mansfield's got one nil Palace, a Czechiate goal. Um, Rob Leonard has gone 1-0 last minute Luca penalty. Showing Ben Teke how it's done. That's a bit harsh. Um, Nathan Jones has gone 2-0 win, Luca penalty and Andros Townsend. Um, James Pumba Scott has gone 3-3. I don't know why. Will Hamilton is bantering with a 4-0 loss. Um, Another clean sheet, but 0-0 from upper tier Steve. Lucy White, former... uh, frequenter of this parish uh, we miss you lucy has gone nil one Abbott. um frustrating nil nil from budapest eagle um oh that's nice les uh, has said i think it will be a great podcast with lots of good chat i hope <laughs> it has been um and oh look and anna anna woodcock has gone two one palace wolf and andros and that matches is Stephen rodin who rounds it all off with two one to the mighty palace with wolf and jimmy max to score um, as for the back of the nest gang, um, Ed Kellaway is running away with a prediction league this year. He is already on 10 points where I'm, I'm pretty sure 17 points won it last yep. year or something. <laughs> so he, he is absolutely he is. smashing it at the moment. Um, but everyone surprisingly this week has gone for a Bournemouth victory with the exception of, um, well, as we're here now. That'd be um, me. Patrick, you can yeah, go with well, your prediction. This is how it works. Right? I make predictions weeks and weeks in advance. Normally we're going through a bad stretch and I'm in a bad mood. So Mike Scott of, of this parish commented, I didn't pick Palace to win a match for like seven matches in a row. And he's not wrong. But I've got I've gone for a nil-nil because I can't remember the last time we beat um, Bournemouth away in the Premier League. Because we haven't, have we? Um, yes, we have. We won 2-0 there. Oh, when, yes. Scott Dan. Yeah, Scott, uh, yeah, yeah, no, right. Ben Teke, Dan and Ben, ben Teke, Teke, yeah. yeah. You know what? But I'm, I'm still in one of those moods despite the, the League Cup win. I'm going to go a nil-nil. Hennessy to keep his uh, unbeaten, unscored upon streak. What's that? Three or four now, Sam? Four, I guess, this season? That'll be, that'll be three for him because Guaita's in there with one, isn't he? No, Guaita's got two. He's got two in the cup. No, no, but in a row. Oh, I mean, in a row, in a row. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it'll be yeah. So I'll, I'll go for a, I'll go for the boy nil nil and hope for a Palace four nil. <laughs> I mean, why not? Uh, well, I, well, Heskiff will now follow that up by predicting four nil. I should imagine. <laughs> yeah, maybe not a four nil victory. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I, I, I actually think we're going to lose this one um, because. We yeah we beat him two 0 didn't we a couple of years ago and last year was a two all where they scored right at the end um, where we had plenty of chances to to wrap it up PVA in particular so I think it's probably their turn to beat us and um, they are they are pretty good going forward their, their strikers are your forward players are in pretty decent form so unfortunately I've got to go two 0 Bournemouth win. Oof. Two, I am. Um, I can't see us. I can't see them keeping us out. If I'm honest, away from home. But I can't see us not conceding against them. Um, 
they obviously do well. They do very well at home, score a lot of goals. So I'm going for the good old Desmond Tutu. <laughs> um, but I think it will Scott. Unfortunately, Scott Dan isn't there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, I, I think if Scott Scott next time Scott Dan plays against Bournemouth, he he's looking to break his own record, <laughs> which is against Bournemouth for scoring. It'll be the first centre back to score in four games in a row Amazing. against the same club. Um, no one's done that before, but no one's also done three. So um, <laughs> he's the, he already holds the record. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm going to go uh, James Tompkins in his place and Wilfred Zaha to get to get our goals. Um, thanks everyone who for sent in their predictions there. Fantastic stuff, and um, we'll finish predictions before we come for our outro. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Okay, so that's it for this week. Um, Hambo and DR are on Love Sport tonight, so that will be in your inboxes around the same time as this. So go and listen to that. Or, of course, if you've already listened to it, um, don't don't bother, I guess. <laughs> um <laughs> Thank you so much, Patrick O'Connor, for standing in last minute. Um, much appreciated, good sir. No worries. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, lads. Appreciate it. Yep. And um, Heskiff, congratulations on actually drinking some good beer tonight. Thanks. Um, I just want to send a shout out to all my uh, all my friends in Mexico. <laughs> Ole. Ole. Um, review show this week. I don't know what's happening with that because of the weird mondiness but hambo will i'm sure at some point either be leading the charge or it will end up as part of our preview show next week when we preview our game against wolves i believe it is so um until next week up the palace it's the 90th minute all your mates around You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.